next guest to join us on our Success Stories Women in Real Estate podcast is Ellie Jutes, who will be speaking to Tanya Barnes, a senior associate in the real estate team at McFarlane's. Ellie is head of transactions for the Urban Regeneration Team in Legal and General Capital. She joined in July 2019 to work on the Urban Regeneration Mandate, leading on new investment activity, working alongside existing JV partners, wider teams within LNG and other identified pipeline projects. Thank you, Claire. Hello, everyone. My name is Tanya Barnes. I'm a senior solicitor in the commercial real estate group at McFarlane's. International Women's Day may have been last month, but we want to continue to celebrate the success stories of women working across the real estate industry by shining a spotlight on some of our most inspirational female clients. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Ellie Jukes. Ellie is Head of Transactions within the Urban Regeneration business at Legal and General Capital. Ellie has been extremely busy in recent years, leading on regeneration schemes across the country partnering with local councils in Sunderland, Sheffield and Cardiff, to name a few, to bring forward exciting and ambitious city centre schemes. Ellie has also led on LNG's investment into developing a 32-acre state-of-the-art TV and film studio for Sky, and she's been particularly active in the life sciences and technology sector, working with Brentwood SciTech and recently securing planning permission for the first phase of the Begbrook Innovative District, part of LNG's £4 billion partnership Ellie, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. This series is all about celebrating female success stories, sharing wisdom and inspiring new joiners to the industry. So to start our conversation, I'd like to take you back to the start of your career. Could you tell us about the journey you've taken so far and how you've got to where you are today? What first interested you in property and did you have any preconceptions of what work in the industry might be like? Thanks, Tanya. Uh, Really good to see you today. And I hope that you're including yourself in Inspirational Women. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I was very lucky to work with Tanya when she was on secondment to uh, Legal and General Capital and helped me wrestle uh, the Sheffield transaction that she alluded to earlier across the line. So just as wonderful as all the other women in the industry. Going back to the start of my career, um, I've taken what my HR team uh, euphemistically call a non-traditional pathway to to get to where I am, Um, by which I mean I didn't go through the traditional property, uh, higher education, further education, grad scheme uh, and up up that way. Um, My guilty secret is I actually trained as an economist. I can't remember why. I think my parents told me to do that. Um, I really enjoyed the applied economics um, and the impact that some of the work that I did uh, when I was a graduate in a consultancy firm um, on sort of some of the city level schemes that we were doing. So it was there that I became first interested in the built environment, um, but I wanted to move away from consultancy into the real world. Um, so worked through several analytical roles in the brokers that we know and love, um, and then was at Schroeder's uh, and had a real, really wonderful three years there with the investment management team, learned a huge amount. Um, met some really inspirational women there. I think that was my first great exposure to the wonderful women that we work with, um, particularly Jessica Burney, who's the fund manager there now, um, and and a couple of others that have been um, real leading uh, lights for me to follow. Um, and then five years at 
no, eight years at L&G. So <laughs> um, it feels a lot longer, but again, um, have been very privileged to work with a great range of people, men and women, um, five years within the investment management team uh, and then three years within capital. And uh, and there we are. I feel like I've got a lot of grey hair <laughs> underneath all the hair tie, which I know you can't see because this is audio. Definitely not true for those who can't see Ellie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's been a bit of a zigzag, but I've I've tried to sort of join the dots between the sort of academic and um, sort of applied side into uh, getting getting things done. And that's what I really like about my job at the moment is that every day is different. And I get to work on these really um, market leading, but more importantly, impactful schemes. So whether it's the development at Cardiff, where we've created or will create thousands of jobs, um, similarly for the Elstree Sky Studios, that's a real economic success story for the UK. Um, and then through our work with Oxford University and um, Brentwood SciTech in the life sciences sector, I mean, I don't need to tell you the story of the pandemic and why life sciences is important. And to be able to build purpose-built space um, that will help change lives, that's a real privilege for me. It's amazing, Elliot, quite the journey. Um, I've particularly interested in the use of the word zigzag because <laughs> a lot of people talk about career as a ladder and actually um, you know nowadays we need to sort of get away from that idea but um, I'm interested to hear what's motivated you each time you sort of made a career change or, or done something a bit different um, and what advice you would have um, to anyone thinking about a new opportunity or planning their future and sort of particularly for women who I think traditionally can be a bit more risk averse um, and cautious when putting themselves forward for roles. Yeah, that's a really interesting topic, the ladder versus zigzag. Um, I think if I was starting again, I probably wouldn't do it differently. Um, I like that I have a diverse background and skill sets um, and haven't just sort of done the linear approach. Being honest, I think it's probably made my life harder in that I've really had to justify my CV sometimes and the choices that I've made. But as long as you can do that and you have a strong story to sell, and your rationale is clear, don't ever be ashamed of where you've come from, I think is, is a key message for those starting out today. It's okay to have a non-cognizant degree or passions outside of, of your work life because they're all complementary um, and you will always have something to bring to the table. Um, so, And I think that's been one of the, the shifts in thinking over the past couple of years, looking at my team, and I have a team of five wonderful direct reports um, who are the highlight of my career um, and they also all have non, non-traditional air quotes um, backgrounds and I think that's what makes us, us really strong and it, it's never been a black mark against their CVs when they've come across my desk that they haven't taken the usual grad scheme associated da, 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 way up. It's People think differently now and I think that's, that's a real bonus. Amazing. Well I was going to ask you if you um could give your younger self some advice um what would it be which I think is quite a tough question but um you know if you could talk to Ellie 15 years ago um what what would you say I think be brave um and to echo my point of earlier don't be ashamed or feel you have to apologize for the decisions that you make earlier in your life um they all they all have a reason um and if you find something that you're passionate about, like for me, it was working in the built environment and 
um, that very sort of direct investment into tangible assets. It sounds a bit cliche. We direct into we invest into direct assets because there's something to point at. I like the fact that we there's always a story behind everything that we do, and it's not. I think I would be less satisfied in my role if I was investing in tracker funds or the stock market. That it just hasn't got the same romance for me. I really like having something there uh, to work with. So. Um, it was it, it took a bit it was a lot of thinking behind those first steps into roles that were more real estate focused um and it you know took a bit of a kicking of myself to do it but i'm so glad that i did so i think as you say be brave and it's okay to take risks at any point in your career not just at the beginning but midway through so when i jumped into the investment side again that was a shift a zigzag but it was the it was the right decision amazing that's really good advice Ellie, I know you're passionate about improving diversity, not just gender, but also ethnic and socioeconomic. Um, you're very active in grad and intern recruitment at LNG, and I wondered if you could sort of share what you've learned through that experience with us. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something I'm, I'm really passionate about because I've been involved in the recruitment of our interns and grads for about six years now through various parts of LNG. We've made some clanger mistakes um, and worked really hard to learn from those. Um, and a lot of it is things that you wouldn't necessarily be on your radar for sort of hurdles to watch out for. But we put out a an, a job advert um, and hadn't thought about the language that we used in the, in the advert and then wondered why 90% of our applicants were male um, and then one of my team who's very passionate about diversity did a piece of analysis on the on the wording in the job advert and 90 it was some ridiculous figure of words were, gen, were male gendered um, so speaking to sort of what we traditionally see as male characteristics so now we take a really considered mindful approach about how our wording comes across to any audience male or female and who do we want to attract so it's been much more um, proactive at the start about thinking about who we want to attract um, and also we lean a much harder now on our diversity partners to make sure that we have a full breadth so LinkedIn is important of course it is but there's lots of other organizations out there doing an amazing job of, of targeting everybody who might be interested in a career in the built environment not people that have got sort of you know, history or studied at a university. So there are people out there that can help you, whether it's looking at your wording or um, helping reach difficult, sort of hard to reach cohorts. So again, it goes back to being brave and admitting that you don't know everything and who can help you. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and speaking of who can help you, I know that you've participated in a number of formal mentoring schemes within LNG and also across the industry. Can you share any insights from your role as a formal mentor? Um, how can mentors best support their mentees and, and what's the sort of key to fostering a good relationship? I think uh, mentoring takes a number of forms. So when I was in the investment management arm of Legal and General, there was a really great initiative. It was very simple. So when you started, you were assigned a buddy. Um, and they were somebody that was at your sort of grade uh, and they were your friends uh, for the first couple of months. And there was a, a lot of thought into who was paired up with whom um, in terms of sort of personality and who could link, create the best linkages across the business. And that was incredibly effective and really easy to implement because you had somebody there um, that could not only settle you in your day job, but also think about how you know you could better benef be of benefit to the company uh, in the media term. And that's really easy to do. And then there's the more formal mentoring schemes. So 
I had a mentor who was an experienced um, lady uh, in the business who helped me as I transitioned over from the investment management arm to the capital business. Um, and we have a scheme now, called a reverse mentoring scheme, where analysts in my team spend time with the more senior members to quite literally help get back in touch with what's happening in the <laughs> business. Uh, but that, that, again, is just a really useful way of establishing communication across the, the different cohorts of people. Um, and it benefits both sides. It's exposure for your younger team members and it helps more senior members uh, understand what's happening on the ground. So there's just easy stuff like that. It just needs to take one person to take their initiative and, and create the links and roll it forward. Brilliant. So finally, final question. You've been working in the real estate industry for 15 years now with an eye on inclusivity and diversity. What key observations would you make about how the industry has changed during that period? And then what would you like to see in the next 10 to 15 years? Oof. The second bit of that question is definitely harder than the first. So I think when I started, well, 15, 18 years ago, um, I mean, it, it's true that the, there weren't many women in the industry and um, you quite, I quite often felt it was very obvious that I was the only woman in the room um, and you, I think you feel have to feel that you work have to work a bit harder to justify your place there and it goes back to being brave but I'm delighted that 15 years later that's changed um, and particularly within the urban regeneration team where I sit at the moment I think we're sort of 60 40 um, in terms of gender split um, and wider across the capital business we're ap approaching parity and that's taken a lot of hard work and honesty um, and soul-searching about why at points in time it's been more skewed um, in the other direction. Uh, but it's possible to change and I think people are much more gender-blind now uh, in everything they do um, and just recognise the skills and the experience that people have rather than the, the clothes that they wear. Um, there's still more to do, of course Of course, there is. There's lots of hidden bias and that's not just on gender, it's on everything, whether it's socioeconomic status or or race or sexuality and all of that needs to continue to be addressed. Um, but I think going forward, it would be in a rose-tinted view of the world that people are just accepted as who they are. But we know that there's been so much done on unconscious bias, we know that's not going to happen. But um, if people can just be more honest about their decisions, then that will help inform the conversation. Um, and I think in terms of advice for people starting their career, find your mentors are important but also you need ambassadors they're slightly different um, so people within the organization that you don't have a formal connection with but that will be your champions and put you forward for things or speak up for you in meetings or just give you a bit of a nudge that doesn't have to be a formal role but it all it can take is just one coffee to say this is where i want to go what's your advice you're in their minds and just that it's just a small little thing that's been really helpful for me as well so mentors ambassadors and be brave amazing well i could keep talking to you for hours but um, sadly we're running out of time <laughs> so um thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom with us today it's been a real pleasure and me thank you thank you Tanya.